Hello, people. Welcome to Selective Hearing Radio episode 56. And this is about KCON Los Angeles 2023. With me tonight is our friend Ellis, aka Ping. He is the the only one of us who went to KCON this year. So he's going to tell us about his experiences at this year's events. But first off, uh, how you doing, Ping? Hey, Greg. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, like he said, I was the only one that went to KCON this year. And, you know, it wasn't really a bad year for you guys to decide to skip out on it, have to say. But... Yeah, I mean, I went, was able to experience it in lieu of, you know, you and um, Alan, but got to have a good time and hopefully share my experiences and talk about how the convention went. And yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of changes that I read about for KCON. For instance, it became a, a three-day concert rather than a two-night concert. And it was slightly smaller in scale, was my understanding. And a lot of the artists were kind of repeats from last year, with a few exceptions. Is that correct? Yeah, so I mean, um, the artist situation was kind of one of the, I guess, criticisms of the show this year. But, you know, what I have to say is... I mean, it was still a very enjoyable time. So, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it as we get into each day. But yeah, I mean, it was a smaller convention. And we'll talk more about that as well. But it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, I have to say. Oh, maybe except for that hurricane, right? Well, that is uh, extenuating circumstances. But yes, hur- hurricane plus earthquake. There was an earthquake? <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk about it more when we get to day three. All right, cool. So let's uh, just get you started with your whole pre-convention, pre-concert process. Uh, And that's buying tickets. So it's a bit different from last year's, from what I saw, and it looked like a shit show. So please describe the pain of getting a ticket to KCON 2023. I mean, a bit is really a huge understatement. Did you actually try to uh, get a ticket this year at all? Not at all. KCON kind of priced me out just because it was a three-night concert. And then I had to figure like airfare, hotel, all that stuff. And yeah, I I didn't even bother after that. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. So like Greg mentioned, the big difference this year was they got rid of the KCON Rookies concert which was just a mini concert. It was technically part of the convention. Uh, And they added a third night of show. It's what they call it. So there was a third night of a show, which was on Friday. So it became a three-day event of convention and show, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, the way that the ticketing process worked was very different this year compared to last year uh, and previous years, all previous years, because in the past, you would be able to buy combo tickets for the entire weekend basically you'd be able to buy a convention ticket for all three days and you would be able to buy a show ticket for both nights 
in one go. Made it much easier to secure, for example, like a GA ticket or your desired seat because you just purchase one ticket, you'd be sitting in the same section both nights, for example. But this year, I don't know why, but they decided to separate every single little thing. So like it was just a huge mess because everything was sold on Access. And you would search up KCON, but once you search up KCON, it's like divided into three days. And then it's divided into premium tickets, which I'll get into more a little bit later. It was divided into show tickets. It was divided into meet and greet tickets. And there's five meet and greets a day. So it was just a whole mess because overall, there's like seven different sections, eight, maybe eight different sections. I think there might have been like parking tickets too. I don't even know. Um, there might have been seven or eight different sections under access for each day. And then you had to click multiple times, like three or four times just to get to the specific, okay, I want to purchase this meet and greet or I want to purchase this um, show ticket. Uh, and obviously, like I said earlier, there was no combo ticket. So you would have to go in for every single day and purchase every single ticket. And the tickets dropped all at the same time. All the show tickets dropped. And then all, and then a few hours later, all the meet and greet tickets dropped. So everything was was dropped at like the same time. There was no buffer between day one, day two, or day three. There was no buffer between day one, day two, and day three. The only buffer was between the show tickets and the meet and greet tickets. Um, so with the show tickets, obviously, most people, I would I would say would want to go to all three shows. You know, I'm sure there are people who only care about like one group or a few groups or they only want to go one day or maybe they're not a huge K-pop fan. They're very casual. Maybe they only want to go check out like Sunday or Saturday or something. But overall, I mean, that made it very difficult for those of us, which is pretty much everyone I know, who wants to go all three nights because everyone would have to purchase their own ticket. And then in the past, at least for last year, specifically for last year, but also in the past, KCON always had a upscale option, which was in the past, it was called like a diamond and a platinum, which started at like $800 and $1,500. And then last year, there was a prestige option, which started at about, I think, $1,900 before taxes and fees. And what that option gave you is pretty much everything it gave you meet and greet tickets it gave you convention tickets it gave you show tickets and all you had to do was buy that one thing and you were set and i believe we talked about it last year but the prestige ticket in particular that they came out for the first time last year and suddenly just discontinued so it's a one one year type of situation was just like the most amazing experience i could ever imagined it was like even better than I imagined at the time because when I bought it I was very hesitant and questioning like is this really worth the $2,200 after taxes and fees but then when it came down to it it was 110% worth it because uh, of the priority line the, the stress-free of having everything you got all the meet and greet passes high touch you got the convention all three days you got the show for all two nights with your own special section and there was priority lane access for everything 
And it's just like the cost of reducing the stress on your mind on like trying to buy tickets for this and that and trying to get this and that was massive. It was insane. The, the difference in mental health levels from last year compared to this year uh, in the ticket buying process. Because once again, this year, they got rid of all of that. And the only thing that they had was the premium ticket is what they called it. But if you actually dove down and looked at what the premium ticket offered, it was not exactly worth it because the premium ticket came with no benefits. The only thing was it was basically essentially a package of the show ticket, the convention ticket, and the meet and greet ticket for the entire day. And I guess you could say the red carpet was kind of the bonus. That would be like, oh, the, you, because you did this package, you get the red carpet ticket. And if you looked at it, it was essentially the same exact cost as getting the show floor ticket as well as the meet and greet tickets for every individual artist together. It was the same cost. There was not really a benefit. And like for most people who go to KCON, they want to go all three days, but they don't necessarily care about going to all five meet and greets every single day, right? Yeah, especially if you're, you're only interested in certain groups, you can kind of sell off those other tickets to other people, right? Yeah, but that's not, that wasn't possible this year because you only got one ticket. So you only got one premium ticket and it came with the show floor it came with the convention and it came with the red carpet and it came with the all day one all day meet and greet pass and the way that they did the meet and greets this year was quite different so there was a meet and greet a which was the high touch and the meet and greet b which was the send off and at the time like nobody had any idea what the difference between meet and greet a and meet and greet b was because in the past for KCON, it was always high touch and audience. And high touch always had the best spot. You could do the high touch. And it was, you know, a significantly better experience than the audience. But with this year, no one had any idea like how it was gonna be. We all just thought B and Grade B was just basically audience. Um, we didn't know what the send-off was gonna be like. We didn't, didn't know when the send-off was going to be. Just a lot of confusion about the meet and greet packages this year. And overall, at the time, I had judged that the premium ticket wasn't worth it. And in hindsight, just thinking about like the stress levels I went through trying to secure tickets for all three days, it honestly probably would have been easier to just buy the premium ticket for all three days and just take my losses on the the meet and greets because like I, I wasn't going to be going to all the meet and greets. But, you know, as far as mental health is concerned, it probably would have been worth it. But, you know, I'll, I'll talk more about like cost value a little bit later because last year I would say that prestige, if you could afford it, was definitely worth it. And if, if you couldn't afford it, you know, you, you're still going to, you know, there's going to be some great options for you as well. And for this year, yeah, I don't know. It might have changed a little bit that that kind of cost value analysis yeah it makes me wonder if they lost money in the format they were doing it last year or not that was the big question amongst like so basically last year i had mentioned this i think on the last show that we did about kcon last year um 
you know, like all the prestige people, just because we saw each other all the time, we had like a group chat, we became very friendly, uh, we all knew each other because we just kept seeing each other in all the lines. Um, we always had our own lines, so we just, you know, naturally started talking to each other and getting to know each other. And it was just a really cool experience, not just because of like the benefits of the prestige ticket, but also because of the, it's like it became a community. And essentially, you know, we had a group chat and everybody hated the process this year. It was just incredibly uh, annoying and really terribly done. But yeah, I mean, yeah, prestige versus premium. That was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. And it was just horribly handled this year. Much like a lot of other things I've heard about KCON this year, but I shall digress. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, back to the ticket purchasing process. So, I mean, it's already a headache buying one ticket for each specific day. And then imagine like you're trying to sit with your friends or, or whatever, right? Uh, and then access for what, you know, I don't know how their system works, but I kept thinking that we were bots. Like it, you, you are not able to open multiple tabs for each night. Because all of me and all of my friends, we, we opened a tab for each night trying to buy our ticket. We got labeled as bots and we wouldn't be able to check out. And we were on the, um, on the ticketing site for like two or three hours just trying to check out. And I'm sure many other people were as well because it just kept thinking that we were bots. I was doing it on the laptop. I was doing it on my phone. I was doing it on data, on Wi-Fi. I was, doing, I was trying to work every single thing, trying to buy these tickets, right? And then they would impose ticketing limits arbitrarily just like random okay you check you, you get to the checkout process but it says only one ticket and then you just refresh and try it again and then suddenly it says you can you can buy four tickets and then maybe like for day two it's like you can buy two tickets it's like there's no rhyme or reason to there was like random ticketing limits while we were trying to check out so like it made it very difficult for me to buy tickets for my friends because like at the point that we realized that we couldn't check out for each night on our own, we had to like decide like, okay, this whoever can get whatever ticket for any of us would have to get it, right? But let's say like one person, they get to the checkout process, but they, they say, oh, ticket limits one. Or, and then, you know, uh, then it's impossible to buy tickets for your friends. So it just made it really difficult. And I know like a lot of people that were shut out of tickets, including me, for KCON 2023 this year. Yeah, it sounds like a raw deal and a very poorly organized way of, you know, getting fans to buy Tickets? Yeah, because I, I, I probably wouldn't have survived getting any tickets knowing my luck in Canada. So, yeah, I would have probably gone to the secondary market and ended up paying like twice as much. So, sounds like a real uh, shit deal for you guys. Yeah, it just became overly difficult. And I hope that they rectify this process next year. I'm not really sure what they can do, but maybe the first step is bringing back prestige. <laughs> I think to make it at least less painful, bring back those bundles. Definitely like a, a two like a two day bundle or a three day bundle. I know it's difficult to do that for seats, but for like floor access, that would definitely go a long way in 
you know that usually the people who are looking for the three day bundle are looking for the floor access uh, or or like like a, like a lower bowl. Um, you don't need to do that for like the upper bowl, or you don't need you know you can like section off certain sections or section certain rows in each section for a three day combo thing, and people are gonna buy it. You know, like it's not gonna be a hard sell. Oh, not at all. I mean, uh, bundle actually probably would be their best seller i think outside of the crazy people who want to buy prestige but yeah bundle would definitely get a lot more people coming to the show and make them less upset i'm not sure why they yeah i'm not sure why they did the things that they did this year as far as like the thought process goes and that was you know one of the things that i had uh, considered is that did they lose money last year like usually conventions grow but in this case it kind of felt like they stepped backwards and i'm not sure why yeah we <laughs> can't really guess it's just the way it, it is or if they had different uh different people out who are higher up in the organization who decided hey this is a a better way of doing it or or what but it didn't sound very great to me yeah and in some way and uh, you know when we get what well, when we get to the actual convention like there is some things that ended up making sense and then some you know but mostly it didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure after your painful process of getting tickets, the rosters were eventually announced, I think. I can't remember what the order was because uh, I wasn't really paying attention. But there was one special group who were supposed to be at KCON. But uh, due to internal, I guess, issues is the best way to put it, they backed out or were not allowed to go or whatever, whatever it was. But... Uh, it's our, our favorite crossword puzzle answer, 50-50. Was that a disappointment for you, Ping, to, to not be able to see 50-50? I know that you were really looking forward to seeing them in the flesh, and then their whole bullshit started, and they were gone and replaced by XG. <laughs> so give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, so 50-50 um, or 50-50 was originally scheduled for day two and show two um, of KCON. And that was actually the whole reason I was going to go to KCON this year. Like when they got announced, I was between either going to Head in the Clouds LA or KCON LA. And when 5050 got announced, I decided I was going to go to KCON LA. But when they got dropped and replaced with XG, who is actually like one of my lesser favorite groups i actually don't really like xg that much although that could change because i did actually really like their most recent um song and i do like obviously left right is a banger but um yeah i was i was pretty disappointed at the time but you know i was like i said earlier i got shut out of um kcon tickets and the, the one i got shut out for was saturday tickets uh saturday show tickets so actually like I was a little disappointed that they weren't coming, but I was a little relieved that, hey, I don't really care about Saturday's show ticket anymore, although I would have missed Kepler. But yeah, I mean, when it came down to it, I'm actually like, at this point in time, I don't really care at all about 50-50 anymore. They kind of made their bed 
And yeah, I just don't really care about them anymore. So you're off the hype train. Is that what you're telling me? I was off the hype train as soon as, uh, you know, early in the <laughs> early in the proceedings. Okay. So missing 50-50 didn't really hurt you in the long run. It didn't really hurt me in the long run, but I, I may have not gone to KCON if, uh, if they weren't originally announced. Just as a side uh, question, did you go to any XG stuff? No. Okay, that's just a question. <laughs> like I mentioned, uh, I am not an XG fan. I do like, I did like Left Right a lot, um, but that was the only song that I liked, and I don't really care for the members. Um, although if Hikaru ends up joining XG, then you know that might change. Um, but I did like their most recent song, which came out after KCON. Okay, well, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope for people like me. That's right. Get on the bandwagon, man. Get on the bandwagon. No. Anyway, let's move on to the actual event itself, which started on August 18th. And this is where I heard of the very first change that was done which is no early check-in. Was that true? Yeah, so in past KCONs, um, Thursday was like an early check-in day, and you'd be able to go to the convention center, show your pass or your credentials, and get your wristband or, you know, I guess the it was just the wristband, right? Because that's how you get into a convention. And this year, they just did away with that and in some ways it was like kind of a relief because you didn't have to go a day early to the convention center just to check in but in practice it turned out really bad because the lines were insane for every day and like we had mentioned previously there was no combo tickets so every single day you had to check in and get your wristband for that day for the convention. Wait, wait, that that was new to me. I thought you just checked in on the first day and then you got all your stuff. You're telling me you had to go every day to check in? No, you had to go every day because there was no combo tickets. So you had your day one convention ticket, which, by the way, you, they didn't sell. Con I, I don't think they sold convention tickets separately. It was like 30 bucks a pop. Okay, but I heard that they sold out very quickly because um, they were giving convention tickets with every other ticket that you bought. So if you bought a meet and greet ticket, any meet and greet ticket, you got one convention ticket. If you bought two con uh, meet and greet tickets, you got two convention tickets. If you bought two meet and greets and a show ticket, you got three convention tickets, all included. Um, so wait, people, wait. that's dumb. Well, that's how it was. And then, you know, like if you had three convention tickets, you could sell two of your convention tickets or you could give out your two convention tickets, your two extra convention tickets. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how it worked this year. And like I said, you had to check in every single day. Yeah. So there was lines to get into the convention center every single day. And this year, uh, KCON downsized from the South Hall and moved into just the West Hall, which is quite a bit smaller, I would say. Then the South Hall, uh, maybe about like a third of the size or half of the size. So, yeah, I mean, the crowds for check-in were just insane. And 
the problem, the biggest problem that this caused was the first meet and greet of the day started at 10 a.m. The convention show floor opens at 10 a.m. The ticketing wristbands for the GA section at the concert, they, they, they started giving out the wristbands at about 9.30 or 10 a.m. So you can imagine the chaos of people trying to check in, go to the convention, the people trying to find out how to get to their meet and greet on time, the people who are lined up for GA at the, at the uh, Crypto.com Arena. Uh, and then, you know, imagine if you were a, a meet and greet holder for 10 a.m. And then you are also a GA floor ticket holder for the concert. It was just a complete mess. And then when you throw in like the heat on Friday and Saturday and then the hurricane on Sunday, it was just chaos. It was just absolute chaos. And I don't know how the regular ticketed folk were able to make it through all of that. I know like some people were waiting for like two hours, three hours just to check in, particularly on Sunday. And people, you know, a lot of people missed the meet and greets, the first meet and greet because of the lines, just the lines to get in. And it really sucked, honestly. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be a credential holding guest of the convention and was able to skip all the lines. But, you know, I, I could feel the pain of all the people in the line you know, baking in the sun or trying to get through the hurricane. Oh, so this explains why I kept seeing uh, Twitter posts about people camping overnight. Is that why? It was just the lines to, to get into the building? So as far as the camping goes, people were camping for the concert. Uh, people were camping for the concert if they had GA because they wanted to be on the floor. In particular for night two and night three because of ATs and Stray Kids. But I think more so ATs, but definitely Stray Kids as well. And people had been lining up since like the Monday before. And you know, I was going to get to it later, but since we're already on the topic, like apparently the big complaints on night two of the concert was the body odor on the show floor so it sounds like people were lining up for days and not necessarily showering too much oh yeah yeah officially there's no line to get a numbered wristband for the floor but you know people are going to make their unofficial lines and you know, like they gave out numbered wristbands so you can get onto the show floor. But I mean, honestly speaking, the show floor, it wasn't really that crowded, honestly. And, you know, like if you're not at the barricade, it's not really a big difference between where you are. And it's in some ways better to be in the back because you'd be able to have the flexibility to move around. And I think the KCON show experience is very overrated. Uh, I, I, you know, we can talk more about it later, but uh, it, there's not a reason to camp for the, you know, as, uh, there's no reason to camp for KCON. There's literally zero reason to camp for KCON because even if you're at the barricade, it's not a great view. Okay, so that that covers 
that question I had because over the the weekend of KCON, I was like, why are these people outside camping and possibly getting murdered or stabbed or robbed or whatever? Yeah, like, uh, to put it simply, KCON day one, like, a lot of the numbers weren't even honored. On the future nights, like, I wouldn't even go get a number in the morning. I would literally just show up an hour, half an hour before the show started. And then I get to the floor and then I'd ask the person, so uh, what number are you? And it's like so-and-so number. And then like, how long were you camping? Oh, like I, we got here at like 2 a.m. Or we got here like a, a couple days before. And it's like, and I'm right next to you. I'm standing right next to you. I didn't, I didn't line up at all. Like there's no reason to line up for KCON. Craze are craze, I guess, right? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like the people who lined up for uh, BTS's Jungkook, like days and days before as well in new york so you know people people are honestly k-pop fans ruin everything <laughs> other people suck is that what you're telling me k-pop fans ruin everything okay <laughs> in one of those universal truths like death and taxes right death and taxes and k-pop fans ruining everything got it all right so now that we've covered the whole terrible check-in process and answered my question about camping. Uh, let's get to your experience at KCON over the uh, three days. Give me some of your highlights and lowlights of of KCON 2023. Yeah, so the way that KCON is, and if you are not an experienced KCON attendee, if you are a first-time KConner, you are going to be overwhelmed because KCON is an overwhelming convention. If you are a K-pop fan, especially a multi-stan, you are going to be just like blasted with this and that and you know there's this thing going on and that thing going on and this thing going on over there. It is impossible to see everything. And if you do try to see everything, you are going to be in the worst spot for everything. So the only way, this is a pro tip for anyone who's listening to this podcast and who has never attended KCON before and is maybe thinking about going to KCON or has attended KCON but didn't necessarily have the greatest experience um, or is attending KCON, maybe this is like their first year or their second year, maybe they're, they're very new to KCON. You have to give it up. You cannot do everything. You have to choose two or three or maybe four things at most and the more that you do the more you have to give up so like if you are a particular fan of a group and even like if you're just a fan of one group you cannot do everything for that one group and expect to have the best experience at each thing that they do you have to choose one and choose the one that you feel would give you the most satisfaction, if that makes sense, right? So like a very common problem with first-time attendees or inexperienced KCONers is that they will load up their schedule with this and that and they want to see this person, they want to go over there and see that person, but it is just impossible. There are too many people at the convention there are too many people who are interested in the same thing that you are and there's not enough space to do all the things that 
they are doing. You know, if you just look at the the convention map, there's just not enough space to to get things done. And although the convention was smaller this year, in the sense that the the walking distance between the major KCON booths, which is like the KCON stage, the dance all day, the KCON square, they were very close to each other. Technically speaking, like walking distance, it did not make sense to try to do something at like, okay, I want to do something at KCON stage and then I got to go to KCON square for the next thing in a, in an hour. And then after KCON square, I got to go to dance all day after that. And then after dance all day, I got to go to this panel. It's, it's just not possible. So everyone, in my opinion, I believe like most people, unless you did like exactly the same thing as somebody else, are going to have very different experiences with KCON. And, you know, I think that's actually a, a cool thing because like you can talk to other people like you may be listening to this podcast and I could have had a totally different experience than what you may have had or what your friend may have had. You know, everyone is a lot of people are going to have very different experience, wildly different experiences with their KCON. And at least for me, I had an amazing time this year and... Yeah, I mean, I'm an experienced KCONer. I've been going to KCON since 2014. And yeah, I mean, I just know the tale of the tape, basically. Yeah, for sure. I can agree with your tips there. But I remember like your experience, like trying to trying to get everything done. Yeah, that was that was stupid of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily stupid because it's just a common trap that, you know, most people have that FOMO, like they're going to miss out on this and that and they don't want to. But you have to. If you really want a good experience, you're going to have to miss a lot of things. And you're just going to have to accept that. Yeah, and uh, in subsequent years, I did accept it. And I've, I did learn a few skills, especially with the badge. <laughs> oh, yeah. What it can and cannot get me. Very, very helpful with the badge this year. You know, like I said, just being able to skip the lines and having a free lunch just went a very long way. So KCON, before the convention, they released their schedule ahead of time. And you can see exactly, like, I don't know if this is exactly how they did it in the past because I didn't actually really care that much. I would just go show up and do whatever. But in recent years, uh, starting 2019, 2022, and this year, I started paying more attention to the schedule and seeing like which artists would show up where. And they released that schedule, and you know, obviously, it's jam packed. But some of the glaring differences between last year and this year, well, besides the you know no KCON rookies, is that they had the KCON stage, which was quite different compared to last year because this year on the KCON stage pretty much last year's KCON rookies became a multi-day event at the KCON stage pretty much everyone who wasn't on the main billing of KCON would perform about three or four songs at the KCON stage so XG Craxy Limelight I, I believe like Zero Base One I, there was just a bunch. I, I can't even remember because, like I said, I, I'm not the person. I've decided, like, I'm not going to try to do everything. But if you were the person who enjoys stages, uh, performances, you know, you could have gone to KCON stage, particularly on Sunday, would have been a great day, and just, like, sat there the entire day and watched, like, 
show after show after show after show, like performance after performance from different artists, you would have had an amazing experience just sitting at the KCON stage. You know, and there were some people who had that experience. I know firsthand, like I had friends who went to KCON stage and just sat there the entire day. But, you know, they, they had stuff at KCON Square. They had stuff at Dance All Day. One of the other glaring differences was at Dance All Day this year, they did not have the selfie MV. And in years past, the selfie MV was like my favorite thing. It was like going to the, the booth. And then the artists would come out and then they'd each have a cell phone and they'd record themselves while playing their latest single, their latest title track. And they would go into the crowd and they'd like dance and sing with the crowd. And that was the most fun because, you know, you'd show up on the, the, in the MV, the music video um, for the KCON thing. <laughs> Sad trombone. Yeah. Yes. Um, they got rid of the selfie MV. And like I said, that was my favorite thing. So analyzing this uh, program that KCON put out with the schedule and the map, which again, like I said, that's when we first learned that the KCON convention was significantly smaller this year. They reduced the size by going from South Hall to West Hall. But they did also add this outdoor section on Saturday, which was kind of cool because I had like a Ferris wheel and stuff. I didn't actually go there, so I don't have an experience about that outdoor section. Like who wants to be outdoors in the LA heat? Although it was pretty mild actually that day. Um, it was like in the low 80s because the hurricane coming. Realizing that there was no selfie MV, I quickly analyzed like, okay, if there's no selfie MV, what is the... What is the events or the panel or whatever is going to be the thing that I'm going to most enjoy? And I quickly identified that on each day, for um, there was a panel that was being done that included three of uh, three groups that I was actually very interested in, and it was called "Find the Hidden K Conners." And me and my friends, uh, my friends and I were looking at this, and we were thinking like. There's no selfie MV this year, but this sounds like it could be really interesting because it's the idol group inside a panel room, right? Like, that sounds like it could be pretty good. So we decided that, well, I, I, I don't know what they decide, but for me, I decided that each day I was going to do this Find the Hidden K Connors. And for day one, it was Enmix. For day two, it was Kepler. And for day three, it was Everglow. And I have to say, like, I was completely... Right? <laughs> I, you know, like, I don't know if that was the best thing at the convention, but in my opinion, it was the best thing at the convention because it was just such an intimate panel. Uh, it was about like 30, 30 to 45 minutes, and the panel was essentially just you, um, the host, the MC, and the group, and like, kind of like shooting the shit. You know, it was really cool. And, you know, for those that were even luckier, they were able to be essentially talk to the idol members one-on-one, -on -one, get a photo with them, um, get uh, their signature and for like 10, 10 to 15 minutes, just like one-on-one non like -on -one talking. It was just like completely insane. That was the thing that I lined up for. That was the main thing that I lined up for each day 
lined up at least like an hour and a half to two hours each day and got the front row each day and it was just the best experience each day so nmix kepler everglow find the hidden k connors that was the win in my opinion this year watch them take that away next year <laughs> i would not be surprised at yeah. uh any at all i would not be surprised one bit if they if they got rid of that next year but, but um, it sounds cool it was it was it was definitely in my opinion the the most fun thing at the convention and basically the way that the panel worked because like when you hear it, it's like find the hidden cake honors what the heck does that mean so what they did was you know they answered some questions on the stage and you know it was like a panel room so you were quite close to them it was much closer than the meet and greet room which I'll discuss uh, next, but um, it's a panel room, and you know there's an MC. They ask them some questions, they answer some questions, but then they play this game, and this is like the highlight of the panel. They play this game where each member draws like a paper, and they open it up, and it says um, some type of fashion item, some K fashion item that uh, K Connor might be wearing or have having or using, like sunglasses. Um, pink clothing, uh, a bucket hat, you know, things like that, a crop top, things of that nature. Uh, uh, Did I say sunglasses, headphones, you know, things like that. And then they would pick K-Conners who had that item. And then they'd like look into the crowd, like, oh, this person has this this top that I'm looking for. Uh, And then they bring them on the stage. And then, like I said, 10 minutes They'd just be talking while they're taking while they're each taking pictures with you know each member. Well, Kepler did it a little bit differently because I think there's there's nine of them, right? Eight, uh, nine, right? There's nine members in Kepler, so they grouped them up like they did two two members to one K Connor for Kepler, but for the other for Nmix and for Everglow, they did one member per K Connor, and they would all go take a picture together. They would get it signed, and it was like this like photo booth type of picture where they take like four shots, and it comes out as one print, and then they sign it. So you know, overall, that took about like twenty minutes. So while they were waiting, you would just be like talking to the k-conner while the mc would ask some questions to both the the artists and the k-conners and stuff like that and it was just a really cool experience i i actually know a bunch of people who were able to make it up on the stage and talk with their you know their biases and i was really jealous because i really wanted to go on stage with um shihyun of everglow but I, I wasn't picked but yeah i mean it was just a really cool experience you know especially when if you were in the front okay so that sounds like something that would go over well with uh with a lot of other folks so i hope they keep it especially if i go again next year <laughs> well if they're listening to this podcast then uh it might not be such an easy thing to go to <laughs> yeah, that's that's true <laughs> yeah so but yeah i mean that was the highlight for me as far as like kcon scheduled events goes but i want to move on to the meet and greet because um that was actually the very first thing that i did which was at KCON day one after checking in the first the very first thing I did was the IVE meet and greet and uh, the meet and greet sessions are if you're not familiar with KCON certain artists in this case five artists a day uh, at KCON will do a meet and greet session or like a fan like a kind of like a fan interaction a fan meeting type of thing and in the in the years past, like I mentioned earlier, there was two sections. There was the high touch section and the audience section. And the way that the sections were divided was high touches in the front, audiences in the back. 
And, you know, obviously it was going to be much better to get the high touch, even though it was like uh, significantly more expensive to get one. And this year, even though you had the high touch, there was a separate section. The high touch is now called meet and greet A. And now there's a meet and greet B, which I had mentioned earlier, which is the send off. And at the time, I had no idea what meet and greet B was. I thought it was just audience. So I was like, this premium ticket that comes with meet and greet B for the entire day sucks. Like, why would you want meet and greet B? But once the KCON program came out, like a week before KCON, instantly I realized, oh boy, I think meet and greet B is going to be better than meet and greet A. Because first of all, meet and greet B was $50. Meet and greet A was $100. So the high touch is $100. The send off is $50. Already, that's half the cost of the high touch. So I was like, okay, well, meet and greet B is, you know, there's a potential there to be better, right? Because when you look at the map, they didn't divide it like high touch and audience, where high touch was in the front and audience was in the back. They split it down the middle. So high touch was on the right side. And meet and greet A was on the right side and meet and greet B was on the left side. So even if you had meet and greet B, you could be at the barricade and close as close as possible to the artists while they were doing the first half of the meet and greet session, which is like playing games and answering questions. So again, like if you are not familiar with the KCON meet and greets uh, sessions, essentially it's one hour. The first half hour is the idols playing games and answering questions. And the second half hour is like the actual interaction with the fans where they um, like do a high touch uh, in, in the past past cases. And this year they did the high touch. And then after the high touch, they did the send off, like after all the high touches were done. So immediately I realized like, oh boy, meet and greet B, I think it might be better than meet and greet A. And when I got to the I've meet and greet line on day one, I realized, yeah, it's, it's better because at that time, Nmix had their meet and greet already happening. And we already found out from a friend who had gone to the Nmix meet and greet that the high touch is not a high touch. It was a high wave once again this year. And, you know, much to the disappointment of pretty much everybody, you know, like pretty much every group is doing the high touch again. Uh, on their own concerts, except, you know, KCON sticking with the high wave. So, yeah, I mean, you spend $100, they say it's a high touch, you're getting a high wave. That's, you know, already kind of uh, a big downer. Second, is because of KCON in years past, high touch was always significantly better than audience. So everybody bought high touch tickets. Well, what happens when everybody buys high touch tickets? The line for high touch is very long. And now that they split the uh, meet and greet session down the middle instead of front and back, there's much less space for a high touch to get closer to the artist during the first half of the meet and greet session. Uh, so the line is longer. You have to camp longer if you want to be able to get close uh, during the, the question and game segment of the meet and greet. But if you were a meet and greet B holder, you could come in like half an hour before, an hour before, and there's barely anybody in line. And because of the way that it was split, you'd probably be barricade. You know, maybe not for like a group like ZB1. I don't know. 
Uh, I only went to three high touches or three meet and greet sessions um, this year, which was the IVE, uh, G Idol, and the Everglow meet and greets. But um, yeah, I mean, like if you had the meet and greet B, you're probably significantly better off because um, the high touch was a high wave. And meet and greet B is essentially the same thing because after all the high touches were done, the artists came off the stage, walked down where the high touches were standing to wave to everybody, and then they walked back. And it, you know, it was not going to be as close as the high touch or the high wave, but I mean, I think for 50% off and not having to wait as long to get a good spot, I think, you know, it... It was a, it would have been a superior experience because, honestly speaking, for the most part, the meet and greets at KCON are a little bit uh, overrated. Did they have guys with plexiglass walking with the artists as you send them off? Or <laughs> no, they were further, much further. They were like okay. I would say about like ten feet away, ten to twenty feet away. I didn't actually do the send off. But I was explained to it by some friends who did it. Like I had some friends who had the premium ticket and they did the send off. And they walk, uh, I said, like I said earlier, the, the meet and greet is split into down the center with meet and greet A on the right and meet and greet B on the left. As soon as the meet and greet A finishes their high touch, they have to leave the room. So not only does the meet and greet B spend more time with the artist, but they essentially get almost the same experience, if not better, because they probably were closer during the first half hour. But like the, the girl or, you know, whoever the artist would walk down where the meet and greet A people were standing, just like all the way down from one end of the room to the other and then walk back. And, you know, it was quite a bit farther than the high touch or the high wave, but you're still getting that experience of like being pretty close to them, although it's still like 10 to 20 feet. Maybe longer. Okay, so nothing within baby baby no. giving distance. No okay. baby giving distance. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that that was the meet and greet experience. Um, essentially, for Idol and Everglow, I didn't get a good spot because I didn't line up early enough. Even for Everglow, like I lined up an hour and a half to an hour and a half to two hours before their meet and greet started, and I still was like in the middle. I was not even close to the... Actually, no, that's a lie. I was probably about like fourth fourth row. But still, you know, that fourth row lining up for two hours for a meet and greet um, for Everglow in particular, like that's kind of surprising, honestly. Idol, you know, no offense to Everglow. I love Everglow. But, you know, Idol also, like I got there an hour and a half early and I was like in the middle. I was like six or seven rows back. Um, but, you know, if I had gotten there at the same time as meet and greet B, I would have been barricade. And... It kind of sucks, honestly, in my opinion. But there is one experience I had with Ive that it, it was worth the, uh, the high touch price. Is because during the high touch, if anyone is familiar with Ive, there's a member whose name is Liz. And Liz, if, if, Liz is well known to be very bad at games. Like she is terrible at games. She always loses every game. So my goal during the I've high touch was to play rock, paper, scissors with Liz. And when I got to Liz on the high, the high wave, I started doing the rock, paper, scissors symbol. She picked up immediately on what I was trying to do, played rock, paper, scissors with her. I threw rock, 
she threw scissors and I beat Liz and my friends behind me were laughing. It was a great experience and I got that recorded as well. And it was just, that was probably the highlight for my day one. I'm very jealous you saw the fail up close. <laughs> and, and yeah, we're going to talk about crazy K-pop con uh, concert a little bit uh, at another show. But um, I wish I was able to play with Liz again there too. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I really love Liz. She's not my bias, but... I would say she might be like my second or third favorite member. Um, and it's just so fun. Like Liz is just so funny. Honestly, like if you have the opportunity to watch the I've uh, meet and greet session on YouTube, I believe KCON may have uploaded it. I don't know if it's public. I haven't actually watched it myself, but uh, it is a very enjoyable meet and greet session. Honestly, like even to watch it from YouTube, I would I would think it's going to be pretty fun because there was definitely some interesting moments in that meet and greet. Yeah, that that sounds uh that sounds way way more exciting than uh than some of the other stuff that you went through so far. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um like I like I said I went to the Idol meet and greet, I went to the Everglow meet and greet and I went to the Ive meet and greet and the Ive meet and greet far and away was like so much more fun than the others just because of like all the crazy things that happened during that meet and greet you know with the way that the members were talking and chatting with the fans and the games that they played it was just so much fun you know like idol played games and everglow played games but it wasn't like the the you know it's more like a regular meet and greet like a typical meet and greet from any kcon year like 2019 2022 2018 2017 2016 the meeting greets are pretty, you know, even if you watch like K Concert, the K, that was that was called K Contact, the K online concert of KCon. Yeah. Like all the all the meeting greets are essentially the same thing. Half an hour of like games and talking with fans and answering questions and stuff like that. But this I meet and greet, I don't know if it's just me, but it was like very fun this year. And um, it was definitely worth going. And if you can watch it on YouTube, I believe that it's been uploaded um, by KCon. You know, I think it's I think it's worth the 30 minutes of watching that, uh, especially if you're an IVE fan. So on day three, we had mentioned the hurricane, but on day three, I was at the Everglow meet and greet. And while Everglow was performing Dun Dun on the stage, everyone got an earthquake alert. And it was so perfectly timed because I'm sure, you know, yeah, everyone's going to get the earthquake alert throughout the, you know, like in the area, right? But like whoever was at the Everglow meet and greet, it was at the part where they were like stomping their feet on the ground in the, in the choreography. And that's when the earthquake alert went off. And I thought that was hilarious. You know, I, I don't think anybody actually felt an earthquake, but it was crazy that we got the earthquake alert exactly at that moment during um, Everglow performing Dun Dun. That's awesome. Yeah. So the idol meet and greet, there wasn't anything particularly interesting that happened. I got Mion's attention um, a few times during the meet and greet. Uh, but for Everglow, I have a feel bad moment because while we were doing the high wave, you know, I waved to all the members and then Shihyun is like maybe the third or fourth member. And then I, I go to make a heart with Shihyun, who is like my old. And then she makes the heart with me. And then right next to her is Asha who sees that and tries to make a heart with me, but I just waved to her. And I felt really bad <laughs> because, oh, so because she, she looked kind of sad, honestly. She looked a little bit like, she looked like a little bit like it affected her a little bit. I, you know, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm just, it's probably, you know, she probably didn't care at all. But I, I did feel kind of bad not making the heart with Ash after she saw me make the heart with Shihyun and she tried to make the heart with me. But I feel bad because during the Everglow Find the Hidden K Connors panel, Pretty much everybody who went on stage with 
the member that the, the the person that the member picks was that person's bias. So like Irin, um, was uh, the, my friend actually went on the stage with her, and that's his bias. Mia, the friend, the uh, the person that went on stage was my friend also. That was his bias. Pretty much everyone on the should I just name all the members now? Like <laughs> on the Mia, uh, Irin, Shihyun, like all, all of them. Mia, all of them had their bias on the stage. But for Asha. She was the only one who had a cake on her that what that she wasn't his bias. And it was kind of a feels bad moment because like the MC was like, wait, so Asha's your bias, right? And he, he kind of like did like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, okay, if if if, if uh, who's your second favorite? And and he was like, Onda. And then and then like he did like a, he shook a hands with Onda. And then like Asha kind of looked not super happy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah. But then she gave him a hug. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got a free hug. Yeah, man. I'm so jealous. Asha looks so good, too. Like, I, I love Asha. Asha's probably my second favorite member in Everglow. So, do you have any other highlights uh, before we get to the uh, the next... Yeah, topic? so, um, we talked about the, the meet and greet panel. I mean, the, the, we talked about the Find the Hidden K Connors panel. We talked about the meet and greets. Um, I want to talk about, like, the show floor. Before we get to that, uh, I just want to give a shout out because there was another. There's one other panel that there's a couple of other panels that I went to before we get to the show floor. On day three, I was able to see Miss A's Min and You Kisses Kevin Wu, and you know, like if you are familiar with second gen K-pop at all, Min is like one of my favorite second gen K-pop idols. Min of Miss A, and I really like Kevin Wu as well. He, he used to be a member of Yukis, and now he's been doing his own thing for a while. Both of them have been doing their own thing for a while. It's kind of like based out of New York now, so I do see her relatively frequently. You know, much more than I did when she was an idol, <laughs> or even before she was an idol. Because before she was an idol, she was also based in New York. But yeah, I got to see Min and Kevin Wu at the at KCON, which is really cool because the last time I had seen them was in New York when they were doing the K-pop Broadway show. So it was cool to see them again. And actually became the highlight of my day three. I went to a workshop panel with uh, Lapalus and Lapalus showed up. It was a workshop panel where people would make their name tags where, you know, like when idols are rehearsing. They have the name tags so that uh, I guess like they're able to be easily identified by the camera people when they are rehearsing for a show, a music show or a concert. And um, yeah, people were making their own name tags and then Lapalus showed up and they performed and people danced with them and um, I got to see them really up close. I wasn't like a big Lapalus fan. But I do know some of the members because of Girls Planet 999, even though I didn't really watch the show. I, I know because of, you know, secondhand uh, communication, like people would tell me about this member and that member and like this person's in Lapalus now. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to see Shauna up close. Oh, she's the one who caught your attention, eh? <laughs> well, she was the one from Girls Planet. She was the one that I yeah. know. Yeah, actually, one of the other members. I, I don't think she was in Girls Planet 999. I just like a lot of people told me about her was Hotland. And I like Hotland, too. But one of the members I, I didn't know was, um, I think she's like half Filipino or half Filipina, is um, Chanti. Chanti. And she was pretty cool as well. So it was really fun to see them, you know, and also just to see like a Filipina idol. I know like Philippines is doing their own idol groups now, but to have like a K-pop female idol was really cool. She was super cool. Representation. Yeah. She was super nice. And she had an amazing performance too, which I'll talk about when we start talking about the concerts. Yeah. So that was the Lapalus workshop panel. And 
Yeah, it was very cool. You know, I wasn't originally, I'm not really a Lapalus fan because like their music isn't like my cup of tea, but it is cool. To, it is cool to see the members. And I obviously, I always wish um, the best for idols, you know, for the most part. I always hope that they can succeed. Yeah, even if you don't like them, you should hope they at least do something with their their seven-year contracts. Yeah, like XG. Like, I'm not a fan of XG, but I'm happy that they're doing well. I don't particularly like the other the rest of their music, but again, like, you know, we could do a whole episode on XG. Yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, so those were the panels that I went to, the Hidden K Connors, the Min and Kevin Wu. And the Lapalus panel, and then I did the meet and greets with Ive, Everglow, and G Idol. So the last thing about the convention is the show floor because there's just like, you know, with any convention, the show floor is usually like the main thing. There's just like so much going on with the show floor, and KCon is no exception because with the way that KCon is, they have the main booths which i mentioned earlier that the kcon stage which this year was just like amazing you could have just stood there the entire day and had a great convention just by standing there there's this kcon square which is it wasn't really like a stage area it was more of like you know like a town square and they had to dance all day which was another stage area where they did like dancing related events and you know aside from those main locations there was also a lot of unlisted i guess you can say or unscheduled appearances by idols like all over the show floor and there would always be something happening whether it be at this booth and that booth um you know like at samsung uh, like at samsung i just randomly ran into g idol they were doing a, a, a an unscheduled event over there i believe like uh, I don't. I think I believe Craxy was on the show floor. I believe like ZB One was on the show floor. That was like an unscheduled thing. Just like a lot of stuff happens at the show floor. So honestly, like even if you get just the thirty dollar convention ticket, or if you get a convention ticket from somebody who ended up with multiple convention tickets because they bought like three tickets like me, there's just like thirty dollars goes a long way at KCon. You can do so much and see so much at the convention. So I want to start with like just the show floor itself. Because convention, I mean, KCON, the KCON convention, they always do this cool thing with like a scavenger hunt. And this year was, in my opinion, the best that they've done so far. They gave you like this, this lanyard type of thing and you would have to collect stickers. So you would have to go to like the different areas of the show floor and each area is like labeled. Like this is the marketplace, this is lifestyle, this is collection this k-pop this is k-story and you would have to go to all these sections do some type of activity and they'd award you a sticker and when you got enough stickers you'd be able to get this like k-con id and yeah i mean like that entire process itself was really fun and you could customize it. You take your picture, you get an ID printed out, you could customize it. It was really cool. Uh, Samsung, you know, like the major booths, like there's like Samsung, there was Olive Young, like some, those were a couple of the big booths. Like they had like a, a lot of things going on. There was the Kakoa booth. There was just like so much going on. The Rakuten Vicky booth. Like I know in particular, like I, I didn't have time to do all of the things at all of the booths. But one of the things I did do was the Samsung booth. So at the Samsung booth, they had like these different activities that were showing off the um, latest phones that they had, which was the Galaxy, uh, Samsung Galaxy S23, I believe was the, the latest one. And they have, they just came out with the, the new flip and the new fold. I believe it's like the four, maybe. 
Uh, I, I, you know, I could be wrong on that, but just the latest version of the Galaxy Flip and the Galaxy Fold. And they would have these like different booths showing off the capabilities of each phone. And I was able to do all that. And they actually gave out like a red carpet ticket if you, if you were able to do the activities early enough so like on saturday that was like one of the first things i did i went to the convention i got my stickers for the kcon scavenger hunting i did the samsung galaxy booth and i got a red carpet ticket so again like i said if you are only doing the convention you only spent 30 dollars on the convention or maybe even free if you got it the convention ticket for free there's just so much to do and you'll like see a lot of idols you'll be able to get a lot of freebies like useful freebies You'll be able to do a lot of activities. You might even get like tickets to meet and greets. Like I know for the, the end game of the sticker hunting thing was you would be able to get a meet and greet ticket. And for the Samsung Galaxy, you would be able to get a red carpet ticket, which I didn't use, but I got it. So that was, it, was still, it was still pretty cool. So there's definitely a lot of things to do on the show floor. But for me, the things that I particularly did on the show floor were the Limelight Showcase. I'm a Limelight fan, so... I got to see their showcase, which, like I had mentioned earlier, it's like kind of like KCON's replacement for KCON rookies. They just had performances all day, every day at the KCON stage. So the one that I, I saw in particular uh, was uh, the Limelight Showcase, which was really fun. Got to see them perform, I think, three or four songs. They had a whole set. It was like half an hour long. They, did, they answered some questions on stage. Um, they interacted with some fans. It was a very cool thing. Like I imagine, like like I said, I imagine if you were there the entire day and you were interested in all the artists that came in, particularly on Sunday, I know it had a crazy lineup. You would have an amazing time just hanging out at the KCON stage. On day two, I went to the KCON Square and I had planned to see Limelight do some charades thing, but then I got roped in into playing charades with Limelight which was really cool because, you know, it's just like a really cool experience, like spending five minutes, like right in front of Limelight playing charades with them. So that was my highlight of day two. And in day three, I didn't really spend a lot of time on the show floor just because it was like my most packed day. I had the G-Idol meet and greet. I had the Everglow panel. I had the Everglow meet and greet. I had the Lapalus panel. I didn't really spend a lot of time on the show floor, but and for anyone who's a convention goer, like you go to anime conventions or you go to like, you know, like any convention, restaurant conventions, like a lot of conventions will have like freebies, right? People like booths will be giving out free stuff or they'll be selling things. On day three, like at the end of the day, I went to the show floor and like everyone was like giving out all these things. Um, all the stores had like huge discounts. I ended up buying like a bunch of stuff. I ended up getting a bunch of freebies at the end of day three. So yeah, I mean like, Again, if you spend only $30 on just the convention, you could go to the panels, you could go to the stages, you could get a bunch of free stuff, you can do a whole bunch of activities, yeah, there's shopping to be done. There's just so much activity on the KCON show floor that, it, you know, honestly, it's worth the price of admission. It's just so fun. Oh, yeah. That, that is one of the things that I learned after 2019 is the floor is where most of the action is at. Yeah, and the floor, the panels, like you do not need to spend $100 uh, or $50 even on the meet and greets because honestly, the meet and greets, super overrated. Like unless you're like a really big fan of like one particular group, I would recommend not doing more than one meet and greet per day. Like if you did zero, you'd be perfectly fine. If you did one, that's probably like the sweet spot because you get to spend like a full hour or not really full hour if you're meeting greet A, like 45 minutes with 
the artist of your choosing. But yeah, aside from that, there's a, it's, a, it's just so fun being on the show floor. And from the pictures that I saw, it looks super crowded. You know, honestly, like people complained about it being crowded. And, you know, from my experience, it honestly wasn't really that bad. Yeah, there was a lot of people and I was very worried about it being overly crowded with you know how crowded it was last year and they were in the south hall and they're downsizing to the west hall this year but honestly speaking it really wasn't that bad i think they might you know because of the way that they did the convention tickets this year i do feel that it was less attendees although i believe the official count ended up being like 150,000 for the entire weekend which is a lot but for me it didn't really yeah. feel a lot even though i was on the show floor like the I was on. I was at the convention the entire day, and it didn't really feel crowded to me. I know a lot of other people felt that it was crowded, but I will say on Sunday, the day three, I had a view from the pe press booth, and the press booth was or the press room was overlooking the convention show floor, and I could see like at the KCON stage, it was very crowded because the KCON stage had an insane lineup that day on day three. So if you went to the KCON stage at day three, I guess you could say that. You know, I could understand the complaints about it being crowded. But aside from that, I felt like it was, you know, pretty well done outside of the, the crazy check-in lines. Because I had mentioned earlier, you know, day one, day two, day three, you had to check in for each and every day. You know, the hurricane on day three did not make things easy. And, like, they, they let people line up inside the convention center at the South Hall. But it actually made things even crazier. I don't know how I didn't line up in it, but I had friends who did and they were in line for like two to three hours just to get into the show floor because or just to get into the convention because the lines were just insane. I don't know what happened, but it did not sound good. Yeah, I can imagine that uh, last minute lineup changes would, would kind of fuck things up and knowing how we North Americans are with organizing lines and I'm pretty sure we brought shame to the art of cleaning. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like, you know, who expects a hurricane in LA? I don't know. It had been like 80 years since the last one. It was crazy. But I mean, we got through it somehow. For sure. You know, just back to the hurricane real quick. Like, okay. thankfully, it became like by the time it reached LA, it was like basically just like a tropical storm. Um, I mean... It wasn't basically, it was a tropical storm and we were far from the center of it. Like it was more inland. So we mainly got blasted with just like wind and rain. And anyone who's ever been in a hurricane, you know, like there's those on and offs, like it'll rain heavily and then it'll stop. Then it'll rain heavily, then it'll stop because of the, the way that the hurricane bands or the tropical storm bands are like um, a spiral. And thankfully, we didn't get the worst of it until after the concert, until like an hour after the concert. So... Okay. Uh, it ended up being okay, but I have to say, like, it was very scary on day two trying to figure out what we were going to do for day three because of the hurricane. And, you know, like, it's LA. Like, LA doesn't get hurricanes. Like, how prepared is LA for a storm of that nature, right? Like, I don't know what kind of flooding could have been potentially happening. You know, like, we didn't know, like, if we were going to be able to get back. We ended up getting like a a room like as close to the convention center as possible that was still available yeah it was a, it was a little scary it was definitely an interesting experience having a hurricane in la during kcon and an earthquake 
at the same time. Well, at least you uh, you made it out alive. Yeah, exactly. That's always a good thing. Let's move on to what everybody loves at these events. Merch. Oh, merch. <laughs> how, okay. Yeah. How was the, uh, the merch this year? I just remember the last time I went to KCON, the merch was okay. It wasn't uh, anything spectacular, but what did what did they have, and was there anything worth buying? Yeah, so the merch this year was handled by Hello82, actually. You know, that YouTube channel who has grown and expanded into being a shop as well. Uh, Hello82 handled the merch this year, and there were some interesting items. In particular, I bought a... They had, like, a basketball jersey, which KCON has done jerseys in the past. Like, I have a baseball KCON jersey... I have a KCON basketball jersey from the past. They had a new basketball jersey this year. I bought a basketball jersey. I bought a tour shirt, a KCON, KCON tour shirt. I guess it's not really a tour shirt. I guess a convention shirt. You know, it has all the names of all the artists on the back. Kind of the cooler things that they did this year was they were giving out like free photo cards. Like for, like for every $60 you bought, you got a free photo card of a group of your choosing. It was a blind blind item so you just pick it and then whoever's inside is inside but you get to choose the group they did do like a pre-order before the convention but they didn't have like most of the cool things on the pre-order which kind of defeats the purpose because all the cool stuff is like you have to line up for which was like the basketball jersey like they had like a, a baseball cap a bucket hat you know pretty much anything that was like really interesting you had to actually line up for i think the only thing that they really sold on the the pre-order was like the t-shirts Maybe the hoodie. I think there, there's like a couple of other things that, you know, I didn't buy. I can't really remember what it is right now. But I know like it would have been, I think, like photo card sets. I think that was interesting for some people. But yeah, you know, like it was kind of weird because like I, I, I don't know if it's weird or I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But like, let's say you go on Friday uh, and then they sell out of one thing. And then they told me, oh, yeah, we're not getting it back in stock. And then I come back on Saturday and it's like, oh, yeah, we had it in stock this morning. Like, we restocked it this morning. And then, but now we're out of stock again. Uh, I had to go back on Sunday and I was finally able to get like the things that I wanted. So I don't know if it's like good that it was like being restocked or if it's bad that why didn't they just have like the full stock the entire weekend? You know what I mean? And, you know, why, why didn't they post updates somewhere saying, hey, we got this back in stock. Come and, come and buy it now. Honestly, they, they may have, <laughs> they may have, but honestly, I, I'm like, I'm not following like Hello82. I mean, I may be following Hello82 on Twitter or Instagram or and KCON. I'm definitely following KCON, but it's not like I'm checking, every, like checking regularly throughout the day while I'm at the convention, like trying to get all these things done. Um, you know, I just like, I would go back periodically to the merch table and just keep asking like, is this back in stock? Is this back in stock? Is this back in stock? I think I went to the merch table like six or seven times this weekend or that weekend just trying to buy the merch that i wanted to buy but i did end up getting everything that i wanted so i'm, I'm satisfied cool. i mean there wasn't really a thing there wasn't really a lot that was like honestly like if i didn't buy anything i probably would have been completely fine as well it's like one of those things where it's like the merch is like oh that's pretty cool but it's not like a must-have in my opinion okay so no nothing like the the merch that uh was at the previous KCON where they had like artist specific shirts. They had artist specific stuff too. Yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, they did. Like they like art like I like I said the the ball caps, the bucket hats. They had pins. I bought some pins. Um, they had a bunch of stuff that were like artist specific. Not as much as last year, 
they definitely had much less merch compared to last year, like as far as like options. But um, like like the basketball jersey, those were artist specific. But um, they they had enough. And honestly, like I'm not a fan of like too many options. I don't want a ton of options. I just want like the stuff that you know something something nice. I just want something nice like a souvenir, a KCON souvenirs. You know. Okay. Yeah, just something that says I was at KCON whatever year it is, right? Exactly. Okay, so now that we've covered the convention and all the fun things that you did, let's get to the meat of this this whole thing, which is those three nights of concerts. <laughs> yeah, almost an hour and a half into the show, we are uh, finally getting to the meat. Yes, this is this is the uh, this is the hot dog between the bun. All right, I, I might have to disagree with that because I think. <laughs> Like I mentioned earlier, I think the concert is super overrated. I think the I actually think the convention is the main, the main course. I think the concert is just dessert. Yeah, I, I guess it just depends on how enthusiastic you are about the concert. Like for me, the reason why, other than price, that I didn't make a hard push to go to KCON is I am a girl group multi stan. And there wasn't enough women for me to make it worth going to KCON. Even though Everglow was there and XG was there and Ive was there, still wasn't. Per night, there wasn't enough uh, of an even ratio for me to make it worth it. Mm, I think that's questionable. I think like both Friday and Sunday had great lineups. Uh, Saturday was really the only day that was kind of lacking. Um, and they tried to fill it with XG, but, you know, this still wasn't really, like, a great showing for girl group fans. It was just, like, XG and Kepler, and that was it. But I think day one with Limelight, Nmix, Ive, I, th- I thought it was a great show. Uh, and then day three with Idol, Everglow, Lapalus, Itzy. I think Sunday was an amazing show. Uh, honestly, like, th- that's just the way that KCON is, right? You're going to get, like, if there's seven artists, like... Four, four or five of them are going to be male groups and then two or three of them are going to be girl groups. And it's always going to be like that. It's That's just the way KCON is. Like last year was kind of an outlier, honestly. But yeah, if we get into the concert, again, like I said, you know, like if you are a fan of like one group, they're only going to perform two to three songs at most. Like maybe you'll get a special stage, but you don't go to KCON. I mean, if you go to KCON and you're like, like for the people who line up for the show, I don't think it's worth it. Like you're 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 gonna see like two or three songs of the artists that you're there to see. Like for example, if I'm there for if I'm there for Nmix and Ive, right? I'm only seeing four or five songs at most, right? So <laughs> I, I I you know sometimes there's like a, you get lucky with the special stages and one of the groups that you like gets a special stage and you got you might get that sixth song. Or maybe even that seventh, that two or three of your groups that you like uh, all do special stages. But I mean, for the most part, that's like you, you're for most people, I would say, unless you're like a like a, like for me, I listen to both girl groups and boy groups. So I enjoy the full show. 
all, like pretty much every day but i know most people like they only like certain groups they're only there for like 80s they're only there for like zb1 and 80s and then the other day they're only there for stray kids and the boys or something like that or like the girl group stands they're only there for ive and nmix for example you know especially like if you're not a nugu group fan like you don't know who limelight is you don't really care about i and i or zykers or you know what i mean so uh, for the most part like i think the concert's heavily overrated and it's basically like watching a music show in korea like if you sit in, if you've ever gone to korea to watch a music show like the live taping uh, is that what they call it live the live the live uh, broadcast of uh, a music show like the artist goes on they'll perform one song maybe two and that's it and then you know there's gonna be a lot of artists that you don't care about maybe there's gonna be a bunch of artists that you do care about but for the most part like is that is that really a great concert i don't know i that's not for me i think it's it's a fun experience it's a great thing to be able to see like a a bunch of different artists but if you're there for like one particular artist or two or three particular art uh, particular artists i don't i think it's very overrated but you know that could just be my opinion yeah i i would agree with that if you're looking at it from that perspective it's like you you should probably take it in as uh this is a festival type concert you're going to see a whole bunch of different people if you're expecting your favorite act to to do a lot of stuff then you're kind of wasting your time it's it's not even as good as a festival because um this year was actually the first year that I, i've attended like music festivals like western music festivals and head in the clouds and at least in music festivals like you get 40 to 60 minutes of one artist right and you know exactly like when that artist is performing and you can go to that stage and watch just that artist but when you go to kcon you have to watch everybody. You don't know when somebody's going to be performing, although you can get, kind of get an idea because usually it's by seniority. But you don't know when somebody's performing and they mix it up too because like one artist may go on for, for their own songs, but then they'll do the special stage later. So it's like you have to sit through the entire thing and you have to watch the entire thing. So like, again, I went to the show half an hour to an hour before the show started. I got my spot and it was a great spot. And I asked the people around me, like, how long they've been waiting. And they've been waiting there for hours, some even days. And, like, is it really worth that pain and discomfort and not showering and the, the possible danger of, like, waiting outside for days for a concert that is overrated, in my opinion? I don't know. It's not for me. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, people will do what people got to do, right? I mean, well, <laughs> there's not much you can do to change people's minds if they have something in their head that they must be in line and they must stink up the joint and they must <laughs> risk their lives. Yeah, okay, well, so, pop fans ruin everything, so. Yeah. All you other people suck. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's get to your, um, your, your highlights and lowlights of the concerts, if there were any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll run through this real quick because yeah. um, you know, it's just a dessert in my opinion. Um, yeah, and there's like, no need to go into great detail. Just uh, you know, give us what you liked. Yeah, for me, um, KCON. It's about the special stages. Uh, 
in particular, day one. Uh, it's not a special stage, but Limelight. I really was happy to see Limelight on the KCON stage. I had mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a Limelight fan. I have their light stick. Um, got to see them a bunch of times during the convention. I saw them at their showcase. I saw them, at, I did the charades with them. I saw them walking around uh, in the back, like around the press room area. It was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I'm just, a, I really like Limelight a lot. Got to see them perform their latest single, Madeline. Madeleine, Madeleine, which was uh, really cool. Uh, Nmix, and I'm a big fan of Nmix's recent songs. Um, I mean, I like all of Nmix's songs, Nmix's songs, but I do really like Party O'Clock and Roller Coaster. They, they perform both of those songs there as well. Nmix also did a special stage where they do it, did twice his The Feels. They called it the Gen Z Pop Stage. That was really cool. It was very cool to see Ive doing pretty much their top hits, Kitsch, love dive they did i am as a as a special stage but it was the dream stage so in the in the past i didn't really care like you know it's great that the dream stage is a thing but this year i don't know what it was but like they had so many people on the dream stage that it like blocked the view of the idols and like i couldn't see i could barely see ive and whoever else did the dream stage for all three nights like it was just like fans and you know I'm, I'm happy for the fans but i'm there to see the idols and it was like a little disappointing like watching i am ives i am and like i could barely see ive themselves okay um, so in, in this particular case with ive you agree with alan and i that there was too much trash on the stage i don't call them trash because I don't think fans are trash. I was just disappointed that they would cover the idols. Like the same thing for Itzy when they did the wannabe dream stage. There's just like so many fans. And I feel like it was way more fans than last year. And it, it, it wasn't fun like getting blocked. Your view getting blocked. I mean, it, I, was on the sh I was on the floor. That's probably why. Like if you were on the lower bowl or anything higher, like it was probably completely okay. But, you know, like having one or two people like completely blocking my view of the idols was... You know, it was a little bit not fun, but I wouldn't. I would so, never call fans trash. Well, that's that's more of an inside joke on our podcast. But so, do you think that uh, the reason why there were more fans as part of that dream stage is because it was so popular last year that you figured, hey, let's just fill up the stage with more people? I think the dream stage is one of the highlights of KCON. For a lot of K-Conners, not for me because I'm not really a good dancer, but if I was a dancer, if I was like a cover dancer, and there's definitely a lot of K-Pop cover dancers, that would be an amazing thing for them. An amazing experience because think about it. Uh, how many of these cover dancers would ever get the opportunity to perform in Crypto.com Arena on stage in front of, what, 20,000 fans with like an idol group, right? Like... That's an incredible experience, and it's not for me, but I can see that definitely being very popular with, you know, a majority of K-pop fans. Because a lot of people who are into K-pop uh, are into it because of a lot of things, and one of those things are the dances. And yeah, I, I, I think it's great that, that they do the dream stage. I just, it's just not a great experience this year. It wasn't a great experience this year for people on the floor, in my opinion. Okay. As far as that the viewing experience goes. But you know, uh, you know like yeah, if I wasn't if I wasn't going to see Ive again in concert uh within the next 2 weeks, I probably would have been more upset, 
but like <laughs> I already knew I was going to be a seeing Ive in New York, so it wasn't really a huge deal for me. And I had already yeah. seen, honestly, I've already seen Itzy perform Wannabe like I don't know four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe eight times, seven or eight times. So uh, it wasn't really a big deal for me. But you know, I can definitely see people. You know, some people kind of like getting annoyed, like, oh my god, I'm getting, I can't see the girls or I can't see the boys. In the case of, I think it was ZB1 who did the zero base one who did the dream stage on day two. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that being an issue then. If if you're more into it for the performers rather than the the dance cover people, yeah, that makes. But again, it, it goes back to my like philosophy, like don't hype up the concert don't hype up the kcon concert because it's it's not about the performances it's about the experience and you're only gonna see a few songs that you really you know for the most part you're only gonna see a few songs that you really want to see like in my case i'm a big fan of both boy groups and girl groups so i get to see a lot more than probably somebody who's only a boy group fan or only a girl group fan but yeah like for the most part you're there to experience and just you know vibe and hope you get your your uh screaming ass on tv thanks to m countdown right and and hope and hope that it doesn't smell oh yeah how was the uh the smell for you then before uh, personally on? personally so on day two i wasn't on the show floor so i didn't have that problem uh again like i said earlier i struck out on tickets for day two so i was only able to get in because of the I was able to get a press ticket and that was like all the way in like the second level or something. So I didn't have that issue and apparently the issue was mainly on day two. Okay. Yeah. But uh, in general, you didn't have to leave the concert and burn your clothes because the smell would come off, right? (laughs) No, I didn't have any problems. But like I said, a lot of people who went to the day two concert did have problems that were on the show floor. (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, Carry on. Yeah, so another uh, some of the other highlights, you know, like um, I, I like Monster X and Shonu is like my favorite man- member of Monster X. So it was really good to be able to see him come back after his military service. It was cool to see the NCT did a special stage with Ten and Taeyong. They did Baby Don't Stop. Taemin, like when Taemin came on, I'm a big I'm a big shiny fan and I really love Taemin's solos. When he came on, like that was the loudest I had ever heard Crypto.com Arena. It was insane. And like Taemin... Like, if you've never seen Taemin live, and it had been a long time since I had seen Taemin live, because the last time I saw him was, like, at SM Town in, like, 2012 or something, when he was uh, as a part of Shiny. It's unreal, his performance. His dancing is, like... I likened it to when Espa came out with the Next Level music video, and they had that camera work that was done by the robot arm, and people were, like really hyped about that when you watch like how precise the movements of the camera were right in the next level music video i liken like Taman's dancing to that because when he moves his body it's like watching a machine like a very fluid machine and it's just like so precise and so fast and so like clean that it was absolutely incredible you know like all the praise that he gets for his hard work and dancing is like definitely warranted so that, that was like the highlight for day one for me day two had the xg thing xg performed like a 21 cover they did a uh, i'm the best by 21 
They also did a couple of their own songs because they replaced they replaced Fifty Fifty in the lineup. And I was really disappointed because they didn't even do Left Right. <laughs> XG did like their their two most recent songs at the time, but they didn't yeah. do their most popular song, which was Left Right. They should have done Left Right, in my opinion. They could have um, done like one of their new songs and Left Right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're really, really pushing hard for their their new music. And left Right had to be left at the uh, the cutting room floor, unfortunately. But they did Left Right on the KCON showcase, which I didn't get to see. I got to see it from the press room, but you know, I didn't really get to see it. Oh, okay. So they, then most likely um, because of time constraints, because if they took Well, they only get two spot, songs. Yeah, they yeah. only got two songs. So, yeah. I mean, the showcase made more sense to, to do the full set. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a, couple other, a couple of other main notes was on day two. It was very cool to see ZB1 or Zero Base 1 perform just because like they're the new thing, the new hotness as far as boy groups are concerned, right? They're the Boys Planet 999 group. Another highlight was, oh, Kepler. Kepler did Back to the City, which was so cool. Like, I love that song. And to see them perform it live was definitely, you know, you can, if I had a Kepler bucket list, that probably would have been on it. And I get to cross that off. You know what I mean? By the way, I really love Chaehyun. <laughs> I like the suits. The suits were pretty cool. I love Chaehyun. Chaehyun, I love you. Chaehyun, sarangye. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Kepler. Uh, Kepler also did um, the Sonia Shide cover, the Girls' Generation cover of Mr. Mister. They were the special stage of the Gen Z pop stage, which was very fun. Oh, that, that, I think that's when they had the suits. Was it? I can't remember. Yeah, I believe so. I, I can't remember, honestly. But yeah, back to the city, Kepler. Oh, man. Honestly... Like, I'm not sure I will ever get a chance to see them again because, unfortunately, they will be disbanding next year. But, you know, we'll see. We will see. Hopefully, I'll get to see Chaehyun again. Uh, you know, like, it's kind of off topic, but Chaehyun is, like, <laughs> so amazing. Like, no matter where you are, if you're trying to get her attention, she, she will see you. She's like the queen of fan interaction. Chaehyun, she's amazing. Yeah, back to the concert. Uh, Rain. Rain performed at day two. And that was one of the things that I was really looking forward to because I've been a Rain fan since like 2002. And, you know, he's had his up and ups and downs, like particularly when he left JYP. He's had some really shitty songs. In fact, I would say like... 90% of his discography after he's left JYP has been pretty shit. He's also been a pretty crappy CEO. Like, pretty much every boy group that he comes out with has failed. But it was still really cool to see one of the OGs on stage. You know, even though he performed, like, three of the worst songs he could have performed. <laughs> like, why? Really? Why? I don't know why he chose the songs that he chose. But it was, like, the absolute worst set to have made if I was him. Or his manager, or whoever was planning this for him. Like, I can I can understand Rainism. He did Rainism, but he did like two other songs. Like, he should have done Gang because Gang is like his most popular song in recent memory, just because of like how it went viral. Like, he should he, he should have done Gang. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then there's like twenty other songs he could have done instead of for like his third song. And I don't know. It was just like. Another another thing to know while we're on the topic of rain is that each day, uh, KCON had a different MC, and on day one it was Won Young, uh, Ives Won Young, 
and she did an amazing job. And day three, it was a uh, Stray Kids Bang Chan, and he did an amazing job. And then day two, <laughs> the MC was Rain, and Rain showed up, and it looked like he didn't even read the script at all beforehand because it was just like reading the prompter in the most awkward way throughout the entire show. Like anytime he would MC, it was just like reading the prompter. And it was just like really terrible. Like <laughs> I love Rain, but man, he like did not put on a good performance on day so two. So you're telling me that when uh, Rain did his MCs, he was just phoning it in. Is that yeah? It? Yeah, it, it it may not have been, but it it felt like it. And uh, I didn't see all of Rain's stuff, unfortunately, but uh, he was. He was speaking English, right? Yeah, yeah, he speaks English. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I I remember he speaks English just because of that that ninja movie that. He oh, yeah, Ninja Assassin. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that uh, he was still trying, at least you know, communicating with the people, even though he was reading off the prompter. <laughs> well, communication communication is typically like a like a back and forth. Like I said, he was just reading off the prompter. So it, okay. it's not really so, communication, but he, he was, was speaking in English. English words off the prompter. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and also chose a terrible set list. So like, uh, you know, like um, there was, you know, some news of like people trying to protest Rain during his performance at KCON, and like you know they tried to blow it up like, oh, nobody supported Rain during the concert. That's totally untrue and overblown, and like. When Rain was performing, uh, Crypto.com Arena was loud. Like, I mean, it wasn't as loud as it could have been because, in my opinion, he chose the wrong songs. But it was still, it was still bumping in there. So, like, anyone who ever, anyone who says that Crypto.com Arena, like, the protest was successful for Rain, like, no one cares. No one cares about Rain being a CEO and whatever. They're there to see Rain. You know what I mean? Okay, so the whole black ocean thing. No, that was a lie. People booing him and all that no, stuff was No, no people were cheering. Yeah, people okay. were cheering for him. It was loud. Apparently, where my friends were on the floor, it was loud. Well, Especially I, I when he took his shirt off. When he took his yeah, shirt off, yeah. <laughs> he, he came out looking like a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a great performance. Well, no, no, no. I The... Yeah, it was a good performance. It could have been great. Could have been amazing if he chose a better set. It was just a terrible set. A very horrible set. And it could have been the worst set that he could have ever possibly chosen. Maybe he's just folding it in. I don't know. But maybe that those were like those were the songs that he like didn't have to really practice. Like maybe those were like the ones like he was like most comfortable with. Like he didn't really have to do a lot of work to practice for. You know what I mean? Versus like maybe another song where he had, had to like try to go back into the archives and relearn the choreography, etc. Yeah, it was just like he has so many good songs. Although, you know, it was kind of in the JYP days, so maybe he doesn't want to perform the JYP songs. But he still has a few good songs that were not JYP and he did none of them. So, okay. I was upset so you were that. disappointed in Rain's song selection, basically. Yeah, yeah. Very disappointed in his preparation for the MC and his song selection but at least i can say i saw rain in concert which i had never done before so that's like i said it's about the experience and the last thing for night two was et's and 
While they did perform like one new song, their entire set was basically the same as last year, which was really disappointing because I was hoping for like Halazia and they didn't do it. And it was just, yeah. I mean, if you didn't see ATs last year, then yeah, it was amazing. Like they put on an amazing show. But if you saw ATs last year, then it was like, you just saw the same performance again. And if you didn't go to KCON this year and you saw them last year, you didn't really miss anything. So that's ATs. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not an ATs fan. Like, I like some of their songs, but for the most part, like, I don't really care for a lot of their music. But I do think that they're one of the best performers. And I was pretty disappointed that they did not put in uh, a little bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in their set list as well. So yeah, I mean, day two was pretty much a huge disappointment as I was expecting. So I'm glad that I didn't get a, an expensive ticket and I got the press ticket because the only thing that I really enjoyed was Kepler and ZB1. And I got to say I got to see Rain again. And, you know, even though it was the same performance from last year by ATs, it was still a good performance. So I guess I can give them that. Alrighty. And the last night, how was it for you? Was it better? Yeah, finally last, but definitely not least. Probably the best night as far as the show goes. The only thing night three was missing was Won Young. Because <laughs> Won Young was amazing on, 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 on night one. Like, she was an amazing MC. Uh, she, her blue dress was amazing. Ive was amazing. Everything about um, Ive and Won Young was amazing on night one. And night three, night three was just so much. Like, if you only went to the night three concert, you could say you had an amazing experience because Night 3 had so many highlights. The first one is SM's new boy group who was not even like, like no one knew that they were going to be there, but they were there. Like SM's new boy group pre-debut performed on the KCON stage on day three, which was insane. It was just like, how, how often can you say that you've seen an SM boy group perform pre-debut? right like that's not something that happens every day that, that that's not something that happens every one even every de decade like once a decade you know what i mean like to be able to say that you saw that i think that's really cool everglow and lapalus so lapalus if you don't know um kcon at least for the last few times has done a, co a contest where they take four nugu groups and people vote for like one of them to be at KCON and they call it the road to KCON and this year Lapalus won so that's why they were at KCON so Lapalus got a full set at the KCON uh, concert this year and one of their one of the performances was actually a special stage with Everglow and it was just like the most unexpected thing like Everglow and Lapalus collaboration and they did Boa's Girls on Top which was even cooler like first of all it's like a, a totally unexpected collab with Everglow and Lapalus second they're doing like one of my favorite Boa songs, which is Girls on Top. And then third, like I had mentioned um, the Filipino member earlier, the half Filipino member, Shanti. I think she's half. She might be full actually. But Shanti like came out with an electric guitar and just started like ripping chords. Like it was like crazy. It was so cool. Like I think I, I don't know if it's like she did chords or she did the solo. I can't really remember. It's like a little fuzzy. But, like, just the fact that she, like, popped out on stage with an electric guitar was, like, such a cool experience. And, like, seeing Everglow and Lapalus together dancing on stage to Girls on Top was 
very cool as well. And I don't really know who she is, but Destiny Rogers uh, was on stage. That was really cool. Like, if you know who she is or if you're interested in that at all, like, it's cool that they got, like, a Western artist. Like, I think last year was um, uh, BB Rexa, right? With, uh, yes. with Itzy. This year, like, Destiny Rogers came on stage. That was really cool. I don't know who she is, but that was cool. <laughs> right? Do you know who Destiny Rogers is? No idea. Okay. But it sounded like people knew who she was, and that was cool. Other highlights, I mean... Okay, so like the boys performed on Sunday and they did like what like my favorite the boys song, which was Thrill Ride, which was pretty unexpected. So that was hype for me. Itzy did both Cake, which I love. I don't know. Do, how do you feel about Cake? I like Cake. I, I really love Cake. And they also did None of My Business. Honestly, that whole EP is really good. Like they could have done any song from that EP and I would have been happy with it. But they did Cake and None of My Business. Oh, and I saw one some more people- question before you carry on uh, with Itzy. Did mm-hmm. Ryujin actually get to stay on stage for a full yes. song? Yes, she okay. was she was there, yeah. Okay. So I mean they did none of my business. I saw that some people were like kind of thinking like why are they doing none of my business? That's a little bit unexpected, but they were doing none of my business on the music shows, like as their B side, their their main B side alongside Cake. So like personally for me, I like what is the name of that song? I like Bet on Me. Bet on Me is probably like my favorite song off of that EP. But I, you know, I really like none of my business too. So I was completely satisfied. Honestly, like, Itzy killed it this year again. You know, Cake, none of my business, Wannabe. Um, G Idol, like, I had just seen them at their own concert, but seeing them again was really good. Um, they did Queen Card, uh, My Bag, and Tomboy. And man, like, they went hard. Like, they're dancing. They went, like, really, like, 110%. You know, like, have you ever seen that that TikTok meme where it's like, like 10%, 100%, 400%. Yep. And like they have like three different members dancing at different uh, energy levels. Like yeah. G Idol was performing at like 400%. It was crazy. Like they were so, there was so much energy in their performance. It was so good. And you know, like of course in Tomboy, like every, the entire arena shouting fucking Tomboy, you know, that never gets old. So the G Idol performance was amazing. And you know, finally, Stray Kids. Oh my god, what can I say about Stray Kids? Like, I love Stray Kids. I wish I could go to their actual concert, but it's just, like, so hard to get tickets. It's so expensive. And, like, as, as mainly, like, I go to so many girl group concerts, it's hard to budget for a boy group concert. But I really want to see Stray Kids in concert because every time I see them at KCON, Stray Kids is my favorite boy group uh, currently. Like, my favorite active boy group. Their set list was insane. It was so good. So much energy. Their performance, like... Oh my god, I cannot say enough good things about Stray Kids and their performance at KCON. I was really disappointed last year because I think they only performed two songs last year. But this year they got to perform four songs, so it was a huge difference. Really fitting of like a show headliner. Really happy with the Stray Kids performance this year. And yeah, it was just like such a fun concert. Day three, like by far the best night out of all three nights in my opinion. Yeah, the... The group listing for night three actually looked like the best. Yeah, it wasn't I, even I close. Wasn't too sure about the the first two nights just because it was it's kind of boy group heavy, but yeah, that's just me. Well, I will say like seeing Taemin again, like Taemin on night one was amazing, and also Ive, I love Ive. But yeah, I mean, uh, like every night, you know, I. Was very hesitant this year about KCON 
you know, just like the whole ticketing process was a pain. Yeah, you know, they looked like they were downsizing. It was coming off of that crazy year. I think it was the 10 year anniversary last year. Uh, a lot of the artists were like repeats from last year. But I think it's like after my experience this year, like I said, I was very hesitant going in. But after my experience this year, I can safely say that you just go to KCON, just go to KCON. Like you're gonna have a good time. You will have a good time. It doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter who is there. Doesn't matter who's performing. If you like K-pop, just go to KCON. It's gonna be a good time. Like, even if you only do the thirty dollar convention all three days, you're going to have an amazing time. Like, it's insane how much fun I had. But I am a big K-pop fan, so I mean, it it is a little bit biased, but it was just such an amazing experience. And also, like. You know, like I said earlier, like inexperienced K-Conners may have a tough time, like trying to do the things that they want to do, like if they don't know how to do it. But yeah, it wasn't as good as last year, far from how good last year was. But, you know, relatively speaking, it was still an amazing experience this year. Like, yeah, I've, I've done like so far like 40 uh 30 concerts uh 20 20 something like high 20s like 25 concerts this year so far kcon is still like near the top of my experiences that's good so you got your money's worth at least for sure especially like even if you did like i said i, I was blasting the premium ticket earlier and i was saying like 500 dollars like for each day like is this really worth it and if you think about like the mental aspect of it like the mental tax that it cost trying to buy tickets for each day definitely would have been way easier just buying one premium ticket each day and just like be done with it and that probably honestly would have been worth it you know fifteen hundred dollars plus whatever fees i guess so it'd probably come out to like seventeen hundred or eighteen hundred dollars it probably would have been worth it like but even if you didn't do that like the experience that i had which was um two show floor tickets which was in total $500 and that already came with the convention ticket so I didn't need to pay for the convention and then I got three meeting greets which was $100 each so I paid in total about $800 and I had an amazing time and honestly if you only did the show like you did like P2 or P3 for the show each night and you got you did the convention each day that would have been like a total of like what $300 and that would you know 300 to $500 total for three nights that would have been an amazing time if you only did meet and greet B, like one meet and greet B for each day, that's like probably the absolute minimum, like $50 each day, $150, that would have been, you probably would have had an amazing time too. And if, if you were lucky enough to be able to get a convention ticket for either $30 or for free, and you did that for like one to three days, you probably would have had an amazing time too, honestly, like especially if you're already in the LA area. So I just think like KCON, like it's... Honestly, I think there's very few experiences that are like unmissable in the K-pop industry. I think KCON is an experience that is like just do it. Every year just do it. You know, there's like don't even question it at this point. Got it. It's definitely not a like a camp. <laughs> it's not a camp <laughs> or a wee bridge, you know. It's just like a no hesitation, just do it. Yeah. Um We'll, we'll try to stay away from camp as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, just a disaster waiting to happen. But 
Yeah, sounds like even though the convention itself was a bit downsized and the concert was expanded, it was still a good time, right? Yeah, it was amazing. It was a you know like I I your mileage may vary, right? Like uh, again, I I I I do have a like an inkling feeling like inexperienced K Connors may not have had as much fun as I did. Right, just because they might have been trying to do too many things, but I also feel like there's gonna be a lot of casuals who just like went and just had an amazing time. So yeah. I really do think it's like the K-pop experience to to do, especially if you're in the area already. So do you think next year they'll do New York ever again? No, no, no? Uh, I don't think they'll ever do New York again unless they are willing to downsize. And I think New York is too expensive. I think it's way too expensive for CJENM or Mnet to try to produce a show over there. But you know, maybe I think a lot of things have to happen for a KCON New York to happen again. Maybe you know UBS Arena. Maybe UBS Arena is a, a potential venue. Yep, and that's gonna lead into what we're gonna talk about next time but we'll, we'll leave it at that so what are your overall thoughts then outside of what you already stated what what is the best piece of advice you can give to those who are on the fence about kcon and want to go next year yeah i mean firstly you know just to reiterate a lot of the things i've already said show overrated do not wait in line you don't have to wait in line don't 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 even bother like meet and greet overrated you know like if you want to do one or two or one a day that's fine maybe two if there's like um you just really love those two groups but overrated you don't need to do that to have fun you know just just do whatever is within your means financially like if you can go and you can attend and you are able to afford the lodging you're, or you live in the area and you are able to buy a ticket, buy the ticket that's most comfortable for you in your price range and just relax, relax because like KCON, like I don't know, for whatever reason, they decided to do things completely different this year. They like threw everything out of the window, like whatever they had done in the years past, they threw it out the window and decided to start anew and definitely had a lot of issues this year with the lines the check-ins, the, um, the hurricane. But it still ended up being an amazing show and you know, probably one of the best ex- K-pop experiences that you can have. Certainly a lot better than camp. Uh, and I didn't go to WeeBridge, but I, you know, I, I feel like it might have been better than WeeBridge as well. I just think like, you know, KCON is the thing to do if you're a K-pop fan, right? So you can't go wrong with KCON. And yeah, don't try to do too much. Just try to do enough. You know, you know, give yourself, give yourself breathing room. And, and I guess uh, the most important thing is shower. <laughs> hygiene. Yes, personal hygiene, especially in a place where you know you're going to be back to back with people, is a good thing to do. Please. Uh, a real quick story as like uh, during the end mix. Uh, find the hidden K Connors panel. Uh, Heiwan, which is the leader of Enmix and my favorite member, she, the member that uh, the K Connor that she picked is actually my friend. 
and he is like a huge Haewon fan. Haewon is like his ult, and he was wearing her outfit. And like the 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 thing that he needed that she needed to select was somebody with KCON merch, and he brought the bag from KCON's Prestige last year. And she, you know, they asked him like, "What's inside your bag?" And one of the things that he pulled out was deodorant. And then Haewon was like. Heyone looked at him and just like clapped, like "Thank you." Nice. <laughs> she even knows what's up. It was a, good for her. Yeah, and I was a little bit surprised because like deodorant isn't really a thing in Korea, but uh, you know she recognized it, and you know I just loved her reaction to the deodorant. I mean, Hey uh, One's my bias too, so I love Hey One. Idols know what's up after meeting so many yeah. people. They know what hygiene. Yeah, especially in America. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I think that's the best high note that we can end this podcast on exactly thank you very much everyone for listening hopefully you found ping's advice insightful and helpful and we're hoping that we'll be able to go back next year uh, wherever it is whether it's in new york or la or timbuktu or kansas city or whatever Saskatchewan. Yeah, Saskatchewan, whatever hotbed of Asian activity they decide to plant their flag at next, that's where we'll be. So hopefully we see you next year. Bye bye, people. <laughs>